All right, so as you know, my book, Rise of the Sex Machines, is coming out. Basically, it's going to be available for pre-order in about a week. Um, so, meaning uh, for those who are, once this is delayed, it's going to be hurt. So basically about five days from the time that this is up and running, uh, this, this podcast and I'm very excited about it, Ari. I really am. It took a lot of effort. Would that be like September 1st or something? Yeah, or? I think, yeah, basically it's September okay. 1st. And when would, uh, pray tell, when would those pre-ordering receive their masturbatory treasure? <laughs> <laughs> because that's why you wrote it, right? So we can pleasure ourselves if we re- uh, read it. You right? will enjoy reading it. I don't know that it will be that sort of pleasure. Not that kind of enjoyment. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be like, hmm, clever <laughs> sort of enjoyment, right? Uh, anyway, it's, it's very fun, this book. It's, it's, uh, it's very cheeky. It's very easy reading. Uh, I think it makes some very poignant uh, comments. It is really, and, and this is part of the reason why I want to talk about, you know, it, it, it relates to, uh, to God, believe it or not, and what we'll be talking about momentarily. But this book, I dare say, will cause people to think about sex in a completely different way. Um, both that it is incredibly much more powerful than they think, much more ecstatic than they think, and also, at the same time, much more daunting than they think. What do I mean by How can it be both, you know, that way? Well, think of it like plutonium, right? Plutonium or uranium or whatever it is, uh, they're incredibly powerful uh, chemicals, Incredible, right? A plutonium rod can do extraordinary things, but they're also extraordinarily dangerous, right? So you look at a plutonium rod, it's green and glowy. Isn't that pretty, right? You might be tempted to to touch it and use it as a flashlight or to hang it up in your backyard and play along with it. Or if you're a kid, to use it as a fun little kind of glow-in-the-dark thing, right? Dangerous, (laughs) it'll kill you. But it looks so much fun. So it is, Ari, with sex. Sex is like plutonium. It, it can give extraordinary power. It can do extraordinary things. It can give extraordinary insights that you've never thought about before. But you have to appreciate what sex is. Too many people think of a sex as something that is just fun, it's just for the orgasmic, climactic thrill. And that's that. You know, what's wrong with that, right? So, you'll, you'll, you know, and as long as two people are consenting adults, or for that matter, multiple people are consenting, what's wrong with that? Have a lot of fun, get your rocks off, or all the other expressions that, that might apply, and you're off to the races. And that's what Tinder is all about, right? You know, get, get some fun and then move on with your, you know, get off. Uh, with somebody else, and then get on with your the rest of your day. Well, if you just want to go to sleep, <laughs> or get, go to sleep as that's it were. what I want. <laughs> get on with your day. That sounds awful. But people people treat sex in the same way. I mean, I'm talking about these days. A lot of people, not everyone, of course, they treat sex as though it's something you do when it's available to you. In the same way that if you go on the sidewalk on Wilshire right here and you see an ice cream store and you say, hey, hey, kids, you, wanna, you want some ice cream? Yeah, let's do it. And you get your, yourself some ice cream. Why not? It's fun, right? That's the way a lot of people view sex. But sex and ice cream are, of course, very different things. Here's the question. Why is sex so pleasurable? I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, if you were to ask, you know, where does sex lie on that scale, people, most people would say a 30. It's way beyond the, the, the next most fun thing you can do. Whatever that next, whatever floats your boat. It might be a roller coaster. It might be uh, eating a great meal. It might be, if you're kind of more of a sporty type, it might be uh, base jumping uh, in the Cave of Swallows in Mexico. Who knows? That might be your thrill or scuba diving. But then... But, and that could be a lot of fun. It could be zip lining and so on. But sex, nothing beats sex. There, there have been more than a few reporters who, you know, when, when astronauts come back from space floating and looking back and, and they ask, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, Colonel, what, what, uh, 
how was it out there? What was, it, what was the thrill like for you? And they say, better than sex, better than sex. But you and I know, Ari, it wasn't better than sex. <laughs> sex is, beats everything. It doesn't matter how cool what you're going through is, sex is the best. The question is why? Why is it a 30? Why do you really need, why do you have to have a 30 when in order for, you know, uh, you, to get me to do anything at least, or at least to, to procreate a pleasure, if that's, the, if that's the purpose, right, to make sex so pleasurable is to procreate, do you really need a 30? Why can't it be an eight or a nine, right? I mean, you can get me to do a lot of things if you give me a really great cappuccino, really. And, and you've done that for me before in the past, right? I can do, you know, I'll, I'll do a favor. You take somebody out to dinner and they might very well become your client because, yeah, you're doing a favor and all that stuff. A lot of people give you sex for dinner too. So. <laughs> well, there you go. The point is uh, that you don't really need a 30 to procreate. Maybe an eight, maybe a nine, right? I, I just, it's just not that, you don't need that kind of intensity. So the question is, why is it a 30? And most people will agree, that's a 30. 20 on a bad day, <laughs> but it's still pretty good. Well, it depends with whom. Okay? Yes, There's of course. There's people that, that I've had sex with where it's in the negatives, okay? <laughs> I know, but that's rare. Right. That's very rare. You're, you're specifically talking about sex with one of the cloud of people in one's life that would be considered the right people to have sex with, not the wrong people to have sex with. I don't mean wrong from a dangerous point of view. I mean wrong from it's not floating your boat or working for you. Right. No, right? I, I agree. You're I'm talking about good sex here, not ta- bad sex. I, I agree. But, it, but like Woody Allen said, you know, uh, sex is like, uh, is like pizza. Even when it's bad, it's still good. Right? So there's something, there's yeah, something to that. Yeah, says a guy who doesn't spend a lot of time in L.A., you know, where there's bad pizza. Right? <laughs> plenty of bad pizza out here. Yeah. Okay, so never mind. The point is, uh, it's pretty damn pleasurable. It's very rare that it's, it's as you say, in the negative. I've never had, uh, it, for me, intimacy-wise, uh, you know, it's been anywhere between a 20 and a 30. The worst being a 20. It's always pleasurable, one way or the other. Now, for, from a woman's perspective, I get it. It can, be very, it can be very painful. It can be very unpleasant, especially when it's involuntary. We're talking about rape or anything else like that. Uh, there's, there's a lot of emotion involved. When it's it. worst for a woman is when it's not painful at all. Of course. Oh, I, I, okay, whatever. <laughs> Jeez, like, toothpicks. You know. Okay. Oh, I see. All right. All right. I have a friend who once said she had sex with a guy. This is not uh, where I wanted the, the podcast says, to go, by the way, folks. The guy says, uh, well, we just had sex. And she says, we did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So going back to the track. Uh, Ari, uh, coming back from the derailment that Ari is so fond of doing. Yes, of course. Um, so, so the question is why? Why is it so pleasurable? Uh, why, and why can it at the very least be so pleasurable? When it's just even decent, it's, there's an ecstasy that's involved. And the question is why? And I, and I put it to you, and, and I'm not, this is not Brock Lurie's original thought. I want to make this very clear. Both the Christian and Jewish sages of old have explored this question. Why is it? And the reason is, is, you know, according to them, and I agree with them, is that you are participating in the act of creation. You are doing, in a sense, God's work. You are multiplying the, the human species, the miracle of creation. And that's a godly act. And God is rewarding you with the thrill of sex, the ultimate climax of sex. And it's in a way an opening to see God, to experience God. Some people even, when the sexual experience is so intense, they feel like they're having a godly experience. And I think they're right. When it's done right, when it's meaningful, when you're with somebody that's, that, for, you know, that you're married to especially, and that especially when you want to try to procreate, that moment is, is exceptional. Uh, you know, not, not, not just marriage sex, but sex for the purpose of procreation. Wow. It's, all, it's the ultimate. Anyway, that's one thing. Um, and it's all about the relationship. So when you talk about, and that's a big function, a big part of my book, by the way, Rise of the Sex Machines. We, I, you know, I talk about how we are becoming a more and more alienated society and how we will move closer and closer to a world where having a quote-unquote relationship with a sex robot 
is going to be commonplace. You'll hear women say, 10 to 15 years from now, I lost my husband, or my boyfriend for that matter, to a sex robot. It's, it's going to be so common. And the question, it's like one of those movies where you see the end of the story first, and then you wonder, how did it get here? Yeah, well, I'm going to jump ahead and go, well, maybe she should have emba- embraced third-wave proto-feminism and becoming such a right. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, feminism is one of the chapters, you know, and, and the title is called Feminism Was Here. Like, like it was like a... Yeah, like Kilroy was Kilroy here. Kilroy was here. Yeah. So, exactly. So, uh, and I, I go through it, and here is... Here, and by the way, that's where I get into those, what I said earlier about bad sex. Yeah. Try it with a feminist. <laughs> okay? All right. <laughs> So feminism, one of the classic mantras among many, it's, it's so confusing. You don't even know what feminism is. You, you try to, trying to define feminism is like trying to, you know, uh, nail jello to the wall. Forget about it. It's, it's, you'll never be able to do it. Even Wikipedia, when you look at it, because you think that's a good source, uh, it, just, it just has this vague definition. It's a series of multicultural, ideological, and political thinking designed to, for the advancement Fight of women. Patriarchal, Fighting patriarchy. You can, you can almost see the authors of Wikipedia like wondering, oh man, this is a minefield. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anyway, they, they, more, they make it so vague that nobody could really object to it. It's, it's, it's meaningless. But one of the mantras of feminism is a, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, right? The famous uh, Laura Dunn, uh, I think it's Irina Dunn comment. She must have stayed up late at night, and when she touched well, that up, she took acid. Right? Did did the Beatles write that lyric based on her quote? No, the did, Beatles did, never wrote that. It's, it's not. not, it's not, there. It's not oh, isn't there some lyric that goes? Or is it? No, it's a U two song. Sorry, no, that's fr- uh, Fish needs a. But a man he's needs, quoting her, right? Yeah, he's quoting her. Yeah, he, he didn't write that. Of course, he thought he. Okay, so it doesn't matter. So, so Irina Dunn must have once she typed that up, and you know, probably two o'clock in the morning. Right. She, she probably said, "Huh." Good one. You go there, girl. Right. Right. Um, so, so, so then yes. she gets all excited about it. And, th- and that becomes the mantra. So I, I want to I drill down on that point now. So that becomes the theme of feminism. A woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. Okay. Well, that means that a man needs a woman like a fish needs a bicycle. Right? I mean, it has to kind of go both ways. Right? N- neither sex needs the other. Uh, and 57 genders, then I suppose no gender needs any, anybody else. Biden said there's only three. Okay, so the point is, men have gotten the message. You don't need us. All right. You don't need us. So why would you complain yeah. when we go to sex robots? Right. Check, why would please. you complain when, when we just kind of, you know, just get our rocks off with you on Tinder or for that matter, you know, uh, go gay or for that matter, don't engage in marriage? Uh, for that matter, don't want children. For that matter, don't want anything. Well, forget, forget all those levels. If we don't need women, what's to stop us from being meth addicts and just living on the street? Right. Right? I mean, it, my wife always says everything, and this is absolutely true. When you look at a dude, everything he does, provided he's within the spectrum, right. using that term specifically, with if you're in the spectrum of sane, everything you do is designed to get women, i.e. that specific part of a woman, in sex, right? So when you see a guy with this or that hairstyle, this or th- uh, assuming he's straight in orientation, this or that hairstyle, this or that fashion choice, this or that automobile, this or that job that he does, everything he does is to achieve the orgasm he can get with a woman, okay, right? So, so well, I disagree with that. If he's done what you're saying, like I read and done, and done the obverse of a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, and he's checked out of the whole regime. Well, that explains why so many dudes live, live in the like basement. Yeah. yeah. No, forget the basement. Yeah. Their twenties are living on the street in Los Angeles, freaked out on some weird drugs. They've checked out I, of I God's creation I, I, regime. I don't want to get too much onto that uh, because I agree with you that they they lack purpose. Yeah. I'm just uh, showing you how off track a human being can get, or when or, he gets or how off track you that. can get. Absolutely, right. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Anyway, funny, Barack, funny, hard, funny, hard. funny, funny. I agree with you that a lot of a man's uh, agenda and his activities uh, are focused on getting the girl with a capital G, whether it's 
uh, you know, seeking her particular part of her, her anatomy. That's a different story. Uh, I think part of, in the past, certainly, the idea was, look, I, I need to get married one day. I want to provide for a family one day. These were, now these were old-fashioned ideas, of course. And so, as a consequence, um, you know, he would pursue, you know, trying to be the best in track or, or the football, the quarterback and football team and so on, trying to be the best student. Whatever it takes to attract a female, that's what he would do. Uh, he would try to show that he's somebody that can provide and that he's a, a good prospect, right? Uh, and that's the way it is. But now when you say to them, we don't need you, men, we're self-sustaining in every way, uh, you know, you, you basically rob the, the man of his essential purpose. If it's not 100%, this is the number you would use, yeah. I, I would say 80%, yeah, 75%. Well, I, and I'm basing that on what you said before, that if when you attain sex, good sex, the right way, you're participating part of God's creation. So it occurs to me that if you're if you've been short-circuited from participating in God's creation itself, what's the opposite of God's creation? Right. A form of satanic living, you know, hell on right. earth. Well, there's no purpose. At the very least, there's no purpose. Yeah, and the absence of God. When you, you, when you don't have purpose, well, then you'll seek a purpose somewhere else, and that's your point. Yes. I agree with that 100%. But here, here we are. We're living in a world where feminism is uber alles and tells us that a woman doesn't need a man, all right? So that's a big deal. And everyone's embracing it, not just the women, but also a lot of the men, uh, where not only that, but uh, masculinity is toxic, right? So the very notion of being masculine and, and different, the opposite of being nurturing and compassionate, well, that's, that's toxic, toxic in and of itself. Uh, then we celebrate uh, this notion of 57 genders, right? And more are coming, you know, just pick up the newspaper every day, there's a, new, a newly discovered uh, gender in the same way as I think you, you, you very acutely uh, uh, observed, like they're discovering new genders in the same way that they discover a new uh, decimal, for, a new uh, digit for pi, right? Every single time. It just keeps on going. Yeah, stars of the sky, pi digits, yeah, exactly. Islamic countries, yeah, they just multiply. <laughs> That's very cute. Anyway, so the point, it, it just keeps on going, and, but none of these genders, this is the interesting thing about it, the genders all focus on the needs of that particular person sexually. It's about how they chase their orgasms, okay? Not how they reproduce. Yeah, not how they... So, like, in the old days, you would say, I, uh, I, I, I'm, looking, I'm looking for somebody who is opposite of me, right? Yes, to reproduce I, with, yes. But we don't even say it that way. You, you, you say, I'm looking for that special someone who will complete me, right? Completely, yeah. yeah. So it's, which is a nice phrase, right? In the old days in, in Greece, uh, Plato talked about the platonic halves. And what does that mean? It means the myth goes that Zeus, one day upset with uh, humans, you know, split each of the humans in half, one male and one female, and they were cursed to try to find each other to become whole again. But some lucky ones got together, they, they became whole again, and you feel like you've met your platonic half. That's, that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing when you think about it. Uh, by the way, so when people say our friendship is merely platonic, it's actually a misnomer. It's, it's, uh, there's, it, doesn't, it actually means sexual, believe it or not. But that's another story. The point is that we seek each other out to complete ourselves. That notion is, is gone, Ari. None of these 57 genders are looking to complete themselves, right? They're just telling, this is the way I get my orgasm. This is, this is what excites me, right? I am a bisexual who likes horses, right? I, I know you told me not to jump in, but I have to. And the way... I did tell him not to jump yeah, in, yeah. here we go. Uh, 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 and the way they complete themselves is by being obnoxious to the rest of us. <laughs> I see. Told you it was worth it. Yes, it was worth it. I, <laughs> right. I totally agree. Uh, anyway, so he uh, it's all about themselves. There's, there's no notion of obligation to somebody else, Right. When you when you get married, you you, you wanna you have the sense of I mean at least at least in the old days you have the sense of I want to give to my special lady uh, in a way I want to provide for her I wanna I wanna do right by somebody her pain is my pain her joy is my joy that's it's a beautiful thing when you think about it right it's so selfless and yet somehow feminism has taught us that marriage is a patriarchal oppressive construct 
uh, you know, that men have invented. Really? We, we want to be married? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we invented the bomb invented? chain for yeah. our own pleasure? Yeah, we, we really want this. Really? Yeah, yeah. no, that, there was a big sacrifice, ladies. That's what we did. Jeez, yeah, I, and for you. Yeah, it's for exactly. you. Well, okay, for so now that goes to the next thing, which is marriage itself as an institution. It's, it's a piece of paper now, right? So there's no need for marriage. Uh, and, and the reason for that is because the, the social construct and all that, because the bad stuff. But people don't even understand why they should get married. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons that you and I would, would agree to, not the least of which is that it's spiritually, you know, godly based. But and it's a sense of commitment. But this notion of commitment is gone. Boom. See you later. And then couple that with the fact that people don't want children anymore. They even in many countries now, especially England, they, they go on this thing called birth strike, which is exactly what it sounds like. I am striking. I, as a woman, I'm striking. I'm not. I'm committing to not having any children. Why? Because it's bad for the planet. You know, each each new child, you know, not only sucks up resources from the planet, precious as they are, but also spews more and more carbon. No, thank you. I'm doing my part to to not be so self selfish, right? It's. But, but seriously, that's what it is. I know. It's absurd. Know. Oh. So, but, but, okay, so, so if you don't believe in marriage, if you don't believe in having children, or you don't see any value in marriage, let's put it that way, and you certainly, and you, and you see children as a burden, not only to yourself, but to society at large, then why do you need anybody? What's the point of going on a ride with somebody? And so why wouldn't you just say, well, I just want to get off. I'm being colloquial here, but I just want to get my orgasm and go. And I want it quickly, too. And then at the same time, our culture not only encourages this, and they say everything is good, everything is normal. And as in my book, I say, tout est bon et tout va. It's French, which means everything is good and anything goes. And that's the mantra that we now have. There's no sense that there's any kind of relationship that is superior or preferable to any other kind of relationship. Nay, there is no kind of sex that is superior or preferable to any other kind of sex. Even the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, can't get itself to say that uh, anal sex is more dangerous than heterosexual sex. They can't even get themselves to say. They can report about it. They can say, well, yeah, the incidence of AIDS and other communicable, sexually communicable diseases are more prevalent among the uh, male homosexual community, but they don't, they don't come to any conclusions whatsoever about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like that old sketch where they're talking about the causes of terrorism, and then they uh, announce all these Islamic-sounding names, and then they can't find any connection. <laughs> exactly. That's a good right. example. It's a good example. Listen, and, and, and that doesn't mean that, that, that a gay person is not one of God's creations and not, is not made in God's image. I believe that fully. But let's not pretend that, as they did in the 80s, uh, that somehow uh, everyone is going to get AIDS and that it would, it would not care whether you were gay or straight. We all got to fight this together. And, uh, you know, you are just as equally likely of getting AIDS through uh, regular vaginal sex, uh, heterosexually, than you would be if you were a, a, a male gay. It was absurd. It was absurd. I, I just, I, I'm sorry, but I do have to say the obnoxious. Well, that's absolutely true because a lot of gay men were pretending that they had a vagina. Those, <laughs> never mind. Uh, just, All right, never mind. But it, no, it's it's so right. And the bigger point is, we're not making any arguments dehumanizing gay people for being gay. That's not, not at all. Point. We're making a broader argument that the only kind of sex that serves God's creation right. is the kind that can possibly lead to pregnancy and children. Right. And yeah, that does include blowjobs, sorry, Oral as, sex. The, as the non-serving uh, God's creation. Right. Even though I think as gut dudes here, we all agree they feel kind of good, Right. Well, let's not, let's not get with there. I, I don't want to get into that. The point is that the, the God's creation serving activity, <clears throat> right. which is the reason for the orgasm from sex being at a 30 rather than there a you scale go. of 1 Bingo. to 10, Bingo. has that kind of... Right. And we, the point is we are misusing 
the, the great orgasm in the sky. It, this is a gift from God. Sex and the, the extraordinary pleasure of sex is a gift from God, and we abuse it. That's the point. And we should understand that uh, despite our inclinations, despite our fantasies and everything else, we have to fight ourselves. And, you know, we, we don't, we don't, uh, we, we applaud, let's put it this way, we applaud somebody who is an alcoholic who decides, I'm giving up alcohol altogether. He has a much greater inclination toward alcohol and abusing alcohol, and he's addicted to alcohol than you and I. We're not alcoholics. I don't really understand alcohol. I have a a glass of wine once a month or so, maybe a beer once a month. It's just not interesting to me. And I certainly don't understand the appeal of having much more. It's not a willpower issue for me. But for other people, it is. And I I, I respect the, the hell out of these people who say, no, that's not what I'm going to do. I have to fight myself. Likewise with people who give up cigarettes. Likewise who people fight gambling addiction. Likewise uh, people who have to deal with strong emotions and tempers. Uh, I respect them. I do, right? Uh, Everyone has their own little demon to fight. And uh, you you just have have to fight it. And we men... Uh, have to fight our desire to hop on every woman walking. Exactly right. We we, we have to fight See, our. Sometimes I contribute useful. There you go. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. And I have to fight my you know useless interruptions of you on the show. There you go. But oh, hold, hold on, I'm not done. I'm not yeah. done. We have to fight our our desire for variety. Okay, so these are these are these are impulses that we all have to fight. But when it comes to sex, that this is my point. When it comes to sex, we somehow forget everything. Everything goes out the window. It does. Uh, that somehow you should pursue your sex. You should never repress yourself. You want to have uh, sex, you know, you're bisexual, uh, and you want to have sex with a lot of men as well as a lot of, a lot of women. Why repress yourself? But you would never say that to somebody who has an alcohol problem, somebody who has a drug problem or otherwise. That, that, you know, is there a, a, an ultimate sexual relationship? Is there a preferred re- uh, sexual relationship? Maybe there's not. Maybe, but it's worth asking the question: Is there one? Well, it, and if it, and if so, what is it? And if so, why would there be one? And how should I right. engage in doing that versus this? Yeah, and by the way, you're going to the whole going back to the AIDS issue. Uh, you know, it's more likely to happen. You know, sadly, if you want to say it, to male gays, not even to lesbians, to male gays uh, because of the kind of activity that they engage in. Um, you know, that's that's just a fact. No less a fact than it is more likely that you and I, Ari, as white men, uh, are more likely to get sunburned than somebody who has much darker skin than us, right? Oh because my God, that's so unfair. It seems so unfair, but we are more likely to get it. So we are more likely to lather ourselves up with suntan. You would say, okay, but somebody who's a deep, dark black or really dark brown, they have to watch out a little bit, but not as much as, as they have, to, I mean... You're not going to see too many black people with sunburn issues, okay? It's just not going to happen because the melatonin protects them against the sun better than it protects us. That's the way it is. That's pure biology. That's pure fact. And and likewise with the whole AIDS issue. My God, I feel so unprivileged. <laughs> you see? I mean, I was walking So much for white privilege, right? Right. I was <laughs> walking down the street this morning thinking I was safe, and suddenly I realized I can't right. spend time in the neighborhood I wanted to without consequence. Yeah, but but if you are, you know, look, yeah. if, you are, if you're gay, fine, you're gay. But don't pretend as though somehow you are just as at risk or not, you know, no more at risk for acquiring the AIDS uh, um, virus, the HIV virus, than someone who's heterosexual who's engaging only in vaginal sex. With Give me one a break. person. With one person, especially. Their wife, no, but yeah. e- even if they had multiple partners, uh, if, if a man is engaging uh, with multiple women, only in vaginal sex, it is almost impossible for him to get AIDS. He might get other diseases, of course, herpes and so on, but AIDS, almost impossible. Yeah. But you're, you're getting to a, a very interesting point, though, which is that and it, this goes to the nature of conservatism and how we choose to live our lives versus others. And, and it also gets into the area where the great mislabeling of what conservatism is happens. With what you just said, it's very easy to misconstrue that if you wanted to. Right. Usually they do this on purpose. 
as a liberal by saying, well, he's so pious, he's so judgmental, he's telling me how to live my life. Right. No. Right. Barack is telling you how he chooses to live his life. That's right. And he's choosing to tell you what kind of efforts at self-control, not control of others, he's choosing to engage in. Right. Right? Um, And he's explaining to you, and it goes for me too, the justifications for said self-control. In no way are we telling others how they should live their lives. We're just advising them from our perspective how we choose to live ours and positing it for consideration. Right. You know what, Oscar time, for your consideration? <laughs> That's right. You know, well, for, for your I, consideration. I forget about gays and forget about HIV for the, for the time being. Just talk about sex, generally speaking. You want to engage in multiple partners. Uh, you want to engage in, I don't know, different kinds of sex, you know, anal, uh, vaginal, and otherwise, even if it's heterosexual. Be my guest. But understand there, there are consequences. And one of those consequences is a huge spike in STDs, right? So the more, more partners you have, the more likely you are to have these STDs. Do you know, Ari, and this is in my book, there are approximately a million, wait for it, a million new cases of STDs every year, every day. Why are you every day. my fantasies, Barack? Dude, listen, a million a day. That means approximately 365 a year. And, and that's, it's an enormous number. People talk about the increase in, there's been an increase in, um, in STDs. And they said, oh, there are STDs in the past also, in the 50s and the 40s, which is true. But to, to compare them, it's like saying that uh, a drizzle is the same thing as a hurricane. They are not the same. <laughs> it's, it's hugely different. And so we ignore this at our peril. But we have been telling people that it doesn't matter what kind of sex you engage in. Never mind the consequences. It's all ignored. Not only in, at the CDC, but also on the school level. They start talking about vaginal sex and, and, and anal sex and oral sex as if they're all one and the same. It doesn't matter. They don't talk about marriage. They don't talk about relationships. They don't talk about obligations that you might have to somebody. And they certainly don't talk about abstinence. Right. They, oh, right. That's, are you <laughs> oh, absurd? I'm sorry. Don't be absurd here. The A-word yes, the podcast. A-word. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the best they'll, they'll, somebody might listening, they might say, oh, what are you talking about? They, they encourage uh, condom use and everything else. Okay, yeah. That's like saying, uh, go as reckless as you want driving your car, go as fast as you want, ignore all this, but just wear a seatbelt. Right. right? Or, that, that's what it's like. That's right. exactly what it's like. Or one of my favorite analogies for that, which I think is very accurate. Yeah. Hey, um, if you're going to smoke cigarettes, just don't inhale. <laughs> right? I know, I know. You're, you're literally putting okay. the thing in. All right. You know? So I want to talk about the other factors that are leading us toward the robots, right? Because I, as I said, we want to talk about how it has led up to this horrific day that you'll see in about 10 years where people will say, I lost my husband, I lost my boyfriend to a sex robot. And these are the factors that are leading up to it. When women say, I don't need a man, when all sex is good and everything goes, where marriage means nothing, where um, relationships themselves mean nothing, where your identity uh, is, is all that matters in terms and a sexual identity sexual at that, identity, yeah. that's all that matters. Uh, and children don't matter. And then, wait for it, and, I, and, and here I'm going to be a little bit uh, PG-13, We've entered into a world of uh, uh, what I call a masturbatory culture, a self-pleasuring culture. Um, the notion that as a, there's a chapter on it. It's called um, All for One and One for One, <laughs> right? And the notion that uh, masturbation is not only okay, but it's even healthy for you. It's good for you to release all your endorphins or whatever it might be that, that uh, gets you going on your day. Um, isn't that the ultimate in selfishness, right? You're absorbed by yourself. And so if you're encouraging people to do this, then aren't you, in a sense, discouraging them from a relationship? Or at the very least, saying that relationships don't matter. All that matters is your orgasm, you. you know, It's a have-it-your-way culture, like the Burger King commercial. Yeah. And, and that these factors, all of them, and many more, and many more, um, and I, I also talk about toxic masculinity, these are all leading to one very simple and straightforward issue, the death of the relationship. 
the death of the sense of an obligation that you might have romantically and sexually to somebody else. The, 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 the death of the notion that not only that you have a relationship with somebody else, but you have a relationship with society, an obligation to society, both to society of the past, to continue on civilization, and your obligation to the future of civilization, that you are part of this civilization that's going to continue it on. That's the end of civilization. Look, I, I could go into the historical facts of how Sodom and Gomorrah, Noah before the flood, and all those things, and, and, all, and what happened with the debauchery of Rome, that all of it was tied to sexual um, promiscuity and openness to a level that was obscene. It's all, been, it's all happened before, and it always has led to the destruction of the society. It never has improved society. It's only made it worse. And, I, and I'd be right to say that, right? Of course. But, but we even believe it in our own lives. Let me prove the point to you. And this is in my book, and I love this, this chapter. It's called uh, The Sex Highway. The notion that we understand the rules of the road, right? No one complains that there are rules of the road. We may not like that the speed limit is 55. We wish it were 65. But, but, but the notion that there are rules of the road, that there are red lights that stop traffic, we understand it, right? There's nobody protesting. You know, there should be, uh, you know, no right turn on red. Or, or Nobody's doing that. Yeah. Okay. Why? Because we understand that if you violate the rules of the road, there's going to be an accident. Chaos and death will ensue. Almost immediately, yes. right? Might there be rules of civilization? Oh, how dare you? Yeah. Oh, don't go there. No, no, right. you don't. Yeah. The college campus will be very upset. But, yeah. Well, of course. Of course. Obviously. The, the difference between the rules of civilization where you do get married, where you do have a sense of obligation to have children, where you do have an obligation to raise them right, where you do have an obligation to be loyal to your, to your spouse and so on. These rules, if you break them, unlike the rules of the highway or the road, you don't see the accident happening right away. It takes years, sometimes decades, to see it actually unfold. So what you're saying is you're essentially breaking the chain that links us between the past but no, and the you're, future. You're, you're, and in the you're future, not going where I am. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. Okay, you're not well, going where I'm going. I'm saying that there's the difference is that, un, and that this is why I want, really want you to focus. Sorry, I, the, the, the road, that the rules of the road, are there, and it's very clear. We understand the rules of the road because there is an immediate impact if you violate the rules of the road. It's right, instant. And I'm agreeing with you. You see the you see the impact in the future. You don't see it right away. I, no, Down no, the line, you're saying you see it, right? I, I, hold on, hold on. I'm saying it's immediate with the rules of the road. Yes. And if you do it now, these rules of society are such that if you violate them, you will not see them immediately. You'll see them years, sometimes decades down the road, to the point that you, you know, that the whole society collapses, and then you blame it on something else instead of blaming it on what we know is the real reason, the, the breakdown of relationships, the breakdown of, civil, uh, of marriage, the breakdown of the notion of having a family, the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of fatherhood and fathers being necessary. These are things that will destroy society. But we won't see them immediately because everyone's kind of taking their own individual steps and it, they, they may be different. Yes. But are they ruining anybody? No. So, for example, you and I know more than a few women, for example, who decided to have a child not only out of wedlock, but not even having a boyfriend uh, so that the father is nowhere in the picture. They went to a sperm bank. They got pregnant, uh, you know, with no intention of getting married to anybody. They didn't have a, a man in sight. And all of a sudden, yeah, they have a child. They wanted a child. Now they have their child. I even saw a, a man recently, a good friend of mine, who's not gay or anything else. He, he just didn't want to have a, a, a girlfriend, you know, raising, telling him what to, how to raise a child. So he wanted a, a child, a boy in particular, and he arranged for a surrogate. And now he has his uh, beautiful bouncing baby boy. Great. Um, but this, you're going to see more and more of this. Also, people don't see the need to have a spouse. So. What's going to happen? You have all these single parents, uh, whether it's a man or a woman, with children who are raised with single parents. And then they'll, you know, is this good for society? Hell no. But that particular, you can ask that, the question, 
how does this hurt your, your marriage? And the answer is immediately, no. But it hurts society. It hurts civilization. And civilization, the, um, the problem is that you might as well argue that, hey, you know, my, uh, my, my, my incest doesn't, uh, my, my incest, you know, so to speak, I, of course I'm not engaging incest, but some, if someone were to say, hey, my incest, how does that affect your marriage? The answer there is also, it doesn't affect my marriage, but it hurts civilization. Uh, I'm going out and, and married to several different women. How does that affect your marriage? It doesn't. But it affects civilization. I mean, there are certain things and standards that we, we invoke sexually that go beyond rape and child molestation and sexual slavery uh, that we understand are rules of the road that we all adopt. And then you, you, you say, how does that affect your, your, uh, your marriage? That's not the question. The question is, how does it affect civilization? Yeah, would you say it goes back, um, or it can be brought analogous to um, when abortion was, let's say, legalized in 73 by the Supreme Court? Well, how does my abortion affect you? Good example. Very good example. There's a lot of things, but I'm going to go But on. that's an example of here we are 50 years later, and people look at this in the vacuum, and they don't see a, a well, not only that, kind of event like that. Not only that, but they, they see... Uh, they're one thing as if, as if that's the end of their conversation. I remember asking uh, a very good liberal friend of mine uh, in a debate on, on the radio on my Sunday show uh, when the gay marriage issue was still in play. It was not yet decided by the Supreme Court. So I think it was 2014. And I said, let's, let's pretend for the sake of discussion right now that there is uh, gay marriage is recognized throughout this glorious land of ours. Um, that every state recognizes gay marriage. And in fact, the whole world recognizes it, even a country like Iran. I know it's not possible, let's, let's say, for the time being. I said, do you think that's the end of marriage issues, that, that we're done? And he said, yes, we're done. This is the last frontier. And I said to him, well, then you're a fool. You're naive to think that this is where it ends because it's going to be about uh, it's going to be about incest. It's going to be about children. It's going to be about relatives. Uh, it's going to be about polygamy and polyamory at the very least. Uh, and you, you have no idea. You, you think this is the end. Just like going back to abortion, when they said, well, you know, we allow it up to the first trimester. Well, guess what? People now, now it keeps on pushing. Now the reasonable thing is up to birth. No, no. Now in some places like Governor Northam, California, New York, it's, past it's that. for the first trimester after the third trimester. <laughs> yes, yes, it's right. Awful. So, and then, then recently they said legalizing marijuana. Okay, well then it'll stop there. Don't worry, it won't go into anything harder than marijuana. Well, just just yesterday, Mexico, a Mexico judge said we're legalizing recreational cocaine. Okay, so you think that issue is not going to come here to America? That's right. Of course it will. Well, they've already blown past that. You know, I was a supporter of legalized pot for various reasons we don't need to get into. You don't, but I do. I don't want to do that, so I'm not going to get into it. But I never supported the use of uh, drugs beyond pot outside the the confines of one's home. And then they passed the Proposition uh, 47 here in California. And now you go ahead, do meth, do heroin right out on the street in front of the children. They don't care anymore. They don't care. So we're talking about the factors that lead up to the, our new culture where, where a world with sex robots is going to be very, very real. Here's another factor, and it's a huge factor. The Me Too movement and the notion of uh, having sex with anyone can be considered sexual harassment. Nay, even approaching a woman can be considered sexual harassment. Now, naturally, if she likes you back, then it's not harassment. But that should be the standard, right? That you should know what she's thinking, and therefore, uh, and, that's, and that's good. You, you should know that she likes you. Well, how do you know that? You, what, you send her a little missive uh, by email otherwise. Hey, I'd like to approach you, but I don't know if you like me. Do you like me? And then she responds back, yes, you may approach me because I do like you, uh, which some people might call unmanly, right? Uh, and women don't like that. They like a man to take charge. They like the man to take a risk. They, they, they never want a man to say, may I kiss you? That's not, that's not what they want him to take a bold chance. But anyway, that's, that's another story. The point is that men are now afraid, especially young men, are afraid to approach women because of the very real possibility that they will be mocked for approaching them and even worse, 
uh, being accused of sexual harassment. Can I bottom line a little further? Yeah, go They're ahead. Afraid of having their lives ruined. Yes, and you, and, and, you and told the, the story about a pizza joint. Yes, yes, and uh, that that I mean, a young boy. He's 14 years old, and he's with his uncle, and uh, they both see uh, a group of five or so girls from the, the from the boys' school, and. The father says, oh, you seem to recognize the other girls in my school. Hey, uh, why don't we get them some pizza? I said, They'll really like that. Boy freaks out and says, no, no, you know, uncle, don't do this. Don't do it. Uh, and he says, and he's very, very like, not just nervous or shy like you typically might expect, but he's like really worried. As they say now, privileged as a sheet. Then they, then, then the uncle said, okay, so forget about the pizzas. We'll, we'll, how about if we just get them uh, some cookies at the end of uh, their meal and say that's from us? No, no, same, same thing. Uncle, no, let's not get them anything. Nothing. No, please stop. And the uncle just doesn't get it. And he says, I don't get it. Uh, let's call him Bob, the, the nephew. What? Uh, we won't get them anything. You don't want it? That's fine. I get it. But just tell me why. And then the boy says, because, uncle, if I do it, it might be considered sexual harassment. So this boy, just the, 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 the action, the step of offering uh, a, a drink to somebody, in, in some cases, but not a drink, but a pizza, it can be construed. He, in his mind, he thinks that's, that could be sexual harassment. Look how terrifying it is for a young boy. Think of yourself as a young virgin boy, right? You're 13 years old, 14 years old, sometimes higher. And all you know is that the that if you have sex with a girl, she could very well turn around on you, even if it appears to be consensual. She could turn on you and say, you engaged in sexual harassment, and there's nothing you can do. How terrifying is that? Right. So before you even go to the world, before you have any perspective whatsoever when it comes to physical sexual contact, all you think of is how, how it could be construed as a criminal act. So what do you say to yourself? No, thank you. Right. You check out and you soften all your edges, if you will. Right. And you're also told, along with the sexual harassment mantras, you're also told how toxic and privileged you are. Well, that's what I just talked about. Dangerous. So, 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 so factor all these things in that I just mentioned. Yes. Add them all up. And you go into this world, and so you delay your sexual activity. And then you, you're surprised. You're surprised that men will be interested in sex robots. Sex robots will satisfy all these problems, right? A woman doesn't need a man. Okay, well, you don't need me. Well, then I'll just go to a robot. Thank you very much. I, I have my, I, I satisfied my sexual jollies there. Uh, a robot will not be able to accuse me of harassment or rape or anything. Uh, to say nothing of the fact that, I, I, you know, a, a sex robot won't get older, fatter, uglier, <laughs> anything. She won't demand you to sit up straight. She won't demand you to get a job. She won't demand you to be somebody. Uh, she wouldn't demand anything of you. And that, that's, you know, that's very appealing to a lot of guys, I'm sure. Uh, you, you won't have children with a robot. You won't get an STD with a robot. Uh, you know, nobody will accuse you of doing anything that uh, can be slightly construed as violating the rules of the road, so to speak. All these factors will compel the robot industry, the sex robot industry, to thrive. And it already is. It's already coming out there. And these robots, by the way, are very primitive in the meantime. They're very expensive. But they're very similar. They will follow the same arc as the cell phone industry did a long time ago. What is that arc? You'll remember from the 80s when they first came out, they looked like bricks, right? They, they, they weighed about as much, too. They were $4,000 a piece. And that was before the $40 a month charge for the phone. And then the $4 uh, charged for any phone per minute going out or receiving. So that was a, it was a status symbol. It was a gimmick, right? But then what happened, obviously, is that mass production allowed it not only to be lighter and have a lot more goodies, but a lot more reception. And it was, it's about a hundredth of the price that it, that it was back then. You can get a phone for a hundredth of the price than that very rich guy got back in the 80s. So it will be with sex robots. So it will be. It'll get more sophisticated, more responsive, uh, more interactive. It might even be so advanced it can 
nag you to be better, tell you how to chew with your mouth shut, tell you to dress no, better, no, 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 gain no. weight. That won't help. No, that won't help. No, no. In the same way, you don't want your iPhone telling you to nag you. Why would you want that, right? You want the, your iPhone to only give you the things that you want it to give you. You don't want that. Uh, and one of the one of the um, testers for it's funny that you mentioned that. One of the testers for these sex dolls, you know, they, they take it for a spin, so to speak, right? Uh, they try this, this sex doll out. Tell us what you think. And they, and they offered him uh, seven different personalities for this particular sex doll. And you can put the chip in and, and she'll adopt that personality. So one, for example, is optimistic. One is flirty. And, and that, that two of them were um, nagging and uh, mean. And he said... Why would I want that? That's exactly why I want the sex dolls, is so that I don't have somebody who's going to nagging me and demanding of me. Why in the world would I want that? That's exactly what he said. So, look, sex dolls, in addition to getting away from all these problems, the accusations of rape, the, 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 the possibility of having children, which is you know, a selfish act, right? Uh, the possibility of having STDs or anything else. It's, it solves all the apparent problems with the world. And then the woman will be asking, how did it come to this? That's what they're going to be asking. And like the Radiohead said, uh, song goes, you do it to yourself, you and no one else. That's the way it's going to be. This book will change the way you think about relationships. It'll make you reorient your, your whole appreciation for what sex is. It's, I think it's a beautiful book. It's a funny book. And it's got a very surprise ending, Ari. For a nonfiction book, you've never read a surprise ending like this. I can't wait until uh, you read it in full. And I know you've, you, you've been giving me a lot of help over the, uh, over the past year and a half. I really do appreciate it. Ari was instrumental. Um, and I thank you for that. But boy, it was uh, a real labor of love. And I have come to appreciate uh, the beauty of not only monogamous, heterosexual marriage. I've also come to appreciate the beauty of really eschewing sex before marriage, to really understand that having a lot of sex before marriage is unhealthy for society as a whole. I know, it sounds shocking. For somebody like me who dated around a lot, had a lot of fun in his youth, I now have come to the conclusion that it's best to really forestall uh, having that kind of sex, premarital sex, even before marriage. It's, uh, it's an odd turnabout for me, and a lot of my friends who've read my book already have really kind of given me a wry smile, like, ah, you finally come around. You realize the wisdom. And I have. I really have. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, look out for my book. Uh, it's coming around September 1st. What's it called? It's The Rise of the Sex Robots. You'll be able to get it on Amazon. Uh, for pre-order on Kindle and hardcover and softcover eventually. This is Brock Lurie signing off, saying thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk with you next week. 